Mm -hmm. This old song, uh, these lyrics, how firm a foundation. You know, there's been truths that have been deposited into eras and into generations over time. And those truths, if they're not communicated well or demonstrated, will get lost. And the Holy Spirit is such a wonderful teacher, bringing back to our remembrance all the things that God has ever said to every generation for all time. So she will remind you of all things that the Father says. She will bring back to your remembrance what has been invested and installed into humanity over eras. Well, there was an investment of a foundation, um, an investment of a foundation that the saints of the Lord, regardless of oppression, regardless of marginalization, regardless of prejudice, regardless of situations, regardless of disease, pandemics, they were made aware of an installment from heaven that secured them regardless of their situation. The scripture calls it a cornerstone. The cornerstone is that part of a map, on a map. It tells you how to orient the angles. A cornerstone is like the compass. On this map, north is here, west, okay, east, south. We're going to set this building at this 45-degree angle here. That's its orientation. You are not one part of your orientation. Your identity and situation goes deeper than who you sleep with or whom you're attracted to. Your orientation as a mental, physical, emotional, spiritual being in this narrative is oriented to Christ Jesus. When our lives are set upon an orientation of Christ Jesus and the love of God for us, we may be marginalized, colonized, whatever the case is, Things come and go. Politics are polarized, okay? We're shaken. We're scared. Things come and impact us, traumatize us. But the more we are made aware of where our cornerstone is and we return to the map and see, how have I gotten off of my kilter? How am I... That's why I said, reestablish yourself in the Beloved. How firm a foundation. Ye saints of the Lord, I'm going to sing it to you, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said? Who unto the Savior for refuge have fled? Fear not, I am with thee, O oh, be not dismayed, for I am your 
God and I'll still give you aid. I'll strengthen you, help you, and cause you to stand upheld by my righteous omnipotent hand. I had to look up those lyrics on my phone, and I can barely read them without my glasses, y'all, so give me a clap for getting through that. Through the deep waters I call you to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow, for I will be with you your troubles to bless and sanctify you in your deepest distress. That's an installment from heaven that came to an era that if we don't keep it going, we will get lost with it. That's an installment from heaven, do you hear what I'm saying, that was revealed by the precious Holy Spirit. Revealed from the Father from heaven for an era, for a generation at times who were distressed, dismayed, dislocated, disembodied. They didn't know where they were, who they were, where they were going, what they were going to do. But then the Holy Spirit comes up like the gentle comforter that the Holy Spirit is and says, Fear not, I am with thee, oh be not dismayed. Speaking from Isaiah 41, speaking from thousands of years prior, the Holy Spirit will reignite a word that was timelessly delivered into space and time and plant it back in your heart and establish you in the beloved. I'm preaching better than y'all are even helping me today. Because you know that I went to that church last week and I got to shout and dance and do my thing. And you, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, but we got to shout and dance. And I waded through some waters of my spirit and got some stuff cleared out and just saw through and saw clear. I want to talk to you today about the comforter, about the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about the comforter. And one of the reasons why I'm wearing this, this prayer shawl that was knitted for me by the grandmother of a young lady that I buried a couple of years ago. She was 16 years old and died tragically suddenly in a car accident on their way home from a river trip. And her grandparents watched her perish. They were in a carpool. They were, in a, a car, they were caravanning all of the cars coming back from Tahlequah to Tulsa. And they, uh, two 16-year-olds, one was driving, the other was a passenger in the car. The passenger died. I buried that young lady. Her name was Rhiannon two years ago. Her grandmother has stayed in touch with me, and she knitted this for me. Well, this has become a comfort to me to wear when I preach. One of the, one of the metaphors, figures of that the comforter, the Holy Spirit, in John 14, when Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away so that the Holy Spirit will come, a comforter. It means something knit around the neck. That's knit around the neck in cold and in storms to protect the heart and the neck. The comforter. The comforter. The one who lessens the intensity of the emotional mood. Someone that lessens the intensity. For it's better for you that I go away in physical presence because only a few of you can be around me at one time. But when I send her, when I send the Holy Spirit, she will be with you and will be in you and will never ever leave you and never forsake you. In the Old Testament, if you're familiar with the Hebrew scriptures, the, the spirit in the Hebrew texts is always referenced in the feminine. That was just how they talked about the mother spirit. 
You remember, um, okay, uh, so my Hebrew Bible folks, like Shekinah glory. The Shekinah, the Shekinah, that's a female word. The Shekinah, the glory of God, the cloud, like a cloud by day and the fire by night when the children were coming out of Egypt and they were walking through the wilderness, that, that God, the mother spirit, showed up to them to guide them and to lead them through a cloud, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Those are feminine terms for leadership, for nurturing. Think about the, the, the term El Shaddai. We, we have all of these Hebrew names for God, the El Shaddai. What, sadly, we translate El Shaddai in the English translation sometimes as Almighty God. Well, it's a sad and tragic translation. El Shaddai, Shad, means the breasted one. The one who nurtures and suckles the infant at the breast. Then you, you work it into Shekinah, the glory of God, the one who nurtures and rests the manna from heaven, the one who leads and guides through the wilderness, through the unknown. She is ever present with us. She's the mother spirit. You know, and it's very interesting. With the Abba, with Abba, see, because it is Trinity Sunday. Did you all know that? So I was just going to go ahead with the Trinity. It's Trinity Sunday. So with the Abba, you, Abba is Abba. Don't get all funny with me and call Abba she, because Abba's daddy. Abba's father God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah, of course it is. We don't start mixing around. God told us his pronouns with Abba, so let's go ahead and believe God's pronouns. <laughs> they, they use they, them, she, and he. Because that's you, right? Yeah, of course it is. And anybody that tells you it's just one is ridiculous. Well, we can talk about it. I mean, I'm always open to having a conversation. <laughs> but Abba's Abba. Abba is Daddy God. Abba's Father. But the Holy Spirit has from antiquity been referenced as the Mother Spirit. Yeah. So when she, the spirit of truth, comes, she will lead you into all truth and nurture you and lead you like a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Yeah. So the text that I really want to drill into us today is about this comforting, this comforting spirit who leads and guides and nurtures the El Shaddai, the breasty one. I often have people who have been through a lot of trauma um, in their lives and been ostracized or rejected from mainstream or from communities, from their families. They often have this same uh, refrain. Bonnie, I don't know how to receive. I don't know how to receive or trust God. I don't know how to receive or trust people. And the idea of the, the Holy Spirit um, and the reason why we have food and drink every week as part of the communion table is because one of the most comforting things that a person can have is the right meal at the right time, the right drink at the right time, and a soft and cozy comforter. And our wonderful God has been trying to give us metaphor, symbols, to say, this is me. It's like this. I, I'm like this. I'm like this thing. I'm like the most cozy. 
But the comforter from the Latin also has this interesting idea of being, um, well, the come part is the with part, and then the, the fortor or the forte, this uh, fortress, this like with fortress. So it's, um, it kind of, uh, it's kind of exciting um, to me. Because if it's it's a little bit of a mother spirit, mother bear energy. So it's not just a, let me give you this tissue and I hope you feel better. It's like the best nurturing meal you could ever imagine, plus the most wonderful, perfectly temperatured liquid with this great comforter, and then they're going to stand guard while you rest. Oh, I like that. It's not just like, I hope you feel better. Uh, go and be warmed and filled. I hope somebody does that for you. <laughs> I hope somebody helps you out and you feel better someday. Come back to me when you're not so chaotic. <laughs> it's not that, man. It's not that. Oh, he's just right there with you. She's right there with you doing all the things. That's why we continue to eat and drink. Taste and see that the Lord is... Taste and see that the Lord is. Come on, guys. What is the rest of the scripture? Taste and see the Lord is. Blessed is the man who puts their trust in God. That's the next part of the scripture. Blessed is the one who puts their trust in God. Yeah. So I've been meditating all week on, what is it? Just the the plane. I've been meditating all week um, on something that was just thrown out of a preacher's mouth last Sunday. As you know, for our summer schedule, we don't have church on the last weekends of the, of the month for the summer. But being the person that I am, I still choose to go to church somewhere. And I chose my friend, uh, Sean Jarrett's church, who I know from seminary. We went to seminary together. And I really appreciate his church and his, his messaging, his congregation. And uh, it was Pentecost Sunday last Sunday. And so that Baptist church on the north side had a reason to talk about the Holy Spirit. And they didn't get into the fact that somewhere along the lines in our translations, we started making this all out to be an almighty male God. They didn't go there. They wouldn't. That's me. You know, I'm going to tell you where it all came from, from the, from the origin, so that you can find yourself in the Beloved. But what he did say at one point, talking about the Lord, being a um, defender. There's a lot of war language in the Hebrew text. And it's there for a reason. It actually can get really good the more you meditate on it. And you understand that the war is within yourself. Did you get that? when you can understand that the war is within yourself. Who is like the Lord? The Lord strong in battle? 
Defending what? You against you. We see in Jesus we're called to a life of peace. God has never not been like Christ Jesus. I could keep going on that, but we can keep moving on. Uh, but he was ministering, Sean was, and I had uh, worked myself up to such a degree that I had danced my way into a full-blown sweat. I felt like I was in an exercise class. There were women in big hats and big suits marching the aisles. It was really awesome. Everybody was in white for Pentecost Sunday. Uh, it was what I needed at the moment. But he said something as he was preaching, and it wasn't part of his message. And it so stuck with me. Uh, because when I'm, in a, when I'm in your position, like if, like if I'm you, I'm paying attention through spiritual ears. I'm looking beyond what the minister's saying. I'm looking beyond what their notes have said because I want to see what the Spirit is speaking to me right now in this moment, and I trust that the vessel that's up there is going to follow the leading of the Spirit and say something directly to me into my life that's going to make a difference for me. That's how you should be tuned in when you're sitting out there. You're tuned in to like, what is, this, what is there for me right here? Well, he's just simply said this, off the cuff, not in his notes. He said, fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. And went on to talk about Pentecost Sunday. That so landed in my own heart. I, I looked it up. I'd forgotten where it came from. I knew that it was probably part of the Hebrew text around the children of Israel being freed from Egypt. I was just guessing. Sure enough, it was. It's found in Exodus uh, 12. Exodus 12, no, Exodus 14. Two chapter handicap. <laughs> Exodus 14, verse 13. So this is after they've been led through the wilderness. Pharaoh has let them go. Then Pharaoh changes his mind. Pharaoh decides to go after them. We're about ready to get a Red Sea crossing. You cool? You with me? You've had enough Sunday school in your life to know where we're at? Okay. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. I got to read it again. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he, who will accomplish it? The Lord. What's the definition of the word Jesus? It is God who saves. Who is doing the saving? God. 
Who is not doing the saving? You. It's the God who does the saving. Yeah. It's God who does the saving. What's your job? Stand still. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall again see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. You know, when we talk about, you know, if you're at a, at a marriage ceremony, and they said, if any man has a problem with this woman and this man getting together, um, speak now or forever. Hold your peace. It means to stay quiet. Stay quiet. But it also has a different meaning. It also has another meaning. It means to engrave or establish yourself in the cleft of the rock. It means to engrave or situate yourself, to establish yourself in a position. Well, the position that they were establishing themselves in in that moment was in their peace. In standing still and not advancing in the fight until they were led to do so. I really need you to use metaphor right now. I need you to put your metaphor cap on. What in your life right now has been tempting you to advance before you are led? That is attempted, that is tempting you to fix and control, to make better to try to save it yourself. And it hasn't been working, has it? That person still won't change. That boss still won't change. The employment circumstance, to, come on, you can fill in your own blanks. Usually it's relational, if I know my people. It's usually relational. Some kind of relationship that you've been trying to advance on and control and fix. And I am here to tell you today, fear not, stand still, and behold the salvation of the Lord. For these threats that you see today, you will no more see from this now, from now on and forevermore. Does it mean that God moves and rearranges or reorganizes the scenario? Or, and, can it mean that your perception of the situation changes? Can it mean that your perception of the situation? Here's what I know. We have often thought that when we pray for God's help, God, help me. God, help me get over this. God, help me grieve through this. God, help me feel better. God, fill my heart. God, help this person. We expect an answer to come from the outside. We expect that the army will retreat. We expect that the boss will be nice and understanding. Whatever it is, we expect something externally to change. But what I see in this scripture is stand still and see. The Spirit herself comes upon us to change our vision. 
the way in which we see the situation will be a salve and a salvation. That will be the help that we need whether or not they change or not. I now see the salvation of the Lord like a garment upon them, and I now relate to them differently. I see the salvation of the Lord. Now I can hold my peace. Hey. And let the Lord fight the battle, if you want to use that language. I, that helps me sometimes because sometimes I feel very wronged. <laughs> and sometimes I want to retaliate. And I want them to get what's coming to them. Not really. I have a soft spot in my heart. I actually am too soft-hearted for that. But I, I just want them to go like another world. Like go another, don't live here anymore. Right? <laughs> but what I know is like we can hold to his hand. Okay. <laughs> to God's unchanging hand. <laughs> to his hand. To God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Oh, changing hand. So fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. For the things you see today, you will no more see from this point forward and forevermore. Let the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do to our senses, like he did on the day of Pentecost. And they heard those people, those Galileans speaking in the, in the tongues of their motherland. When the Holy Spirit touches your ears, you'll hear things differently. When the Holy Spirit touches your eyes, you'll see things differently. When you allow the Holy Spirit to be a salve and a salvation to you, you'll experience your life in a different way. I'm asking for this house and this church to expect a supernatural intervention of God. I am expecting this house to expect that God will be your savior. Expect that God will deliver you. Expect that God will show up for you with a righteous right hand. No more shall be the days when we only talk about our turmoil, our plight, and our trauma. But we will allow God to bless our troubles and bless our problems and bring us through with the upgrade he has planned for you. Say it with me. I'm going to fear not. I'm going to stand still. And I'm going to see the salvation of the Lord. I'm going to see it. So I'm going to hold my peace, which means I'm going to keep my mouth shut most of the time, but not when it comes in the face of injustice. That's not what this scripture means. It does not mean to be passive in the face of injustice. It's talking about, you know what, come on, use your head. You know what I'm talking about. You know when you need to speak up and when you need to hold your peace. And part of that holding your peace is engraving yourself in the cleft of the rock. You just hold yourself on there. I feel strong about it today, guys. I feel strong about it because this house is languishing in, in their trauma and troubles too, too long. Yes, feel your feelings, but that was an installment for this era that we need to get the installment that our feelings are valid. Yeah. 
Our feelings are important. Our feelings, are, they matter. But now I need the installment of hold to his hand. Remember whose you are. Remember where you are. Remember where you come from. You're established in the beloved. There is hope. There is love. There is peace. Remind yourself. I think I'm done. Fear not, I am with thee, oh, be not dismayed. Come on up, Sarah. For I am thy God. I will still give thee aid. You, somebody can get the kids. I'll strengthen thee, help thee. And the band can come up too. <laughs> Upheld to my righteous and holy right hand all right we're gonna let you guys be a part of this i think i'm gonna put you over here so that everybody that's at home can be a part of this beautiful ceremony